Sav. Benny, how are you, buddy? How's it going? Good, good to be back. It's good to be just the two of us after a massive, massive, massive six weeks, I think. It's just the two of us now. Yeah, it's, um, can you believe it, mate? It's, you know, it, it really has been, it's just, it's, it's just all happened so fast. And, you know, talking to you yesterday, you know, we went out and had a beautiful lunch together and yep. just, you know, reflecting on, I mean, look, it just seemed like yesterday that we'd only discussed doing this and yet we're six episodes down right? and, you know, the guests we've had on, the people we've had come on and, you know, it's just, it's, I never really expected, you know, to, to head in the direction we went with it. and it's just been so exciting and I'm like I'm really like eagerly awaiting each week this has been great it's been quite a journey so today by very yep. close poll very close poll in fact I think I was the deciding vote we're talking about your white belt experience but oh, yeah, I've decided no. we're gonna you said a few things to me yesterday that really resonated with me and I decided we're not going to talk about your white belt experience. We're going to talk about the general white belt experience. Because okay. over the course of yesterday, you, you said from lunch to white belt foundation class, you said a lot of really interesting things. And one of the things I wanted to touch on, which I think was really sweet and also um, a little bit interesting, is when we had lunch yesterday, you were talking about how Pat is somebody who you have used as the person that you show and demonstrate moves to to people for quite a while now. So tell us how you met Pat, because Pat's one of my favorite people down at uh, Gracie Botany, and he's just an all-around good guy who my elbows hurt every time I see him. And so, <laughs> Yours and everyone else's. Seriously. <laughs> hey, true story. I do remember some of the guys turning up in wetsuits. <laughs> I do remember walking into my first class, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Look, I've known Pat, uh, I would say at least he's perfect. But we, our first encounter was at Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, we both trained out of, you know, the, the same Gracie Academy. And... You know, initially, oh, look, I, I, I knew Pat, you know, early days when he started in jiu-jitsu as a white belt. Um, I really like uh, Pat a lot. Just he's very respectful, very humble. Um, you know, when it comes to time to training on the mats, he's, you know, he's, I like his intensity. He's not excessively intense, but he comes to train and he comes to train hard. You slip, you make a mistake, he will make you pay. Um, but I met Pat um I'd say, what are we now, 2022? I'd say safely eight to ten years I've known Pat, possibly, yeah. uh, maybe a little less. But, yeah, Pat's one of those guys who when I got uh, – when I was teaching at headquarters, um, you know, look, let me, let me tell you this. As a, as a teacher, it's very important that the person that you use as a demonstration uh, for your demonstrations – not only do they need to understand, you know, what it is that you're doing, but, you know, they also need to be able to move correctly because, I mean, ultimately, uh, they could make or break you. Uh, yeah. I remember my, my dad telling me one time, you know, I was raving on what a great driver I was and this and that, and he said, you know, let me, let me tell you something, and he put me clean in my spot. He said, you could be the very best driver in the world, Craig, but at the end of the day, if you've got the very worst driver in the world beside you, you know, it, it's very hard to avoid that. And getting back to using nephew, uh, it's the same situation with jiu-jitsu. If you have somebody who doesn't understand, you know, the mechanics and the movements and things like that, I mean, ultimately it can make you um, make you look not so good and, you know, they don't understand that it's not, you know, it's it's not they're trying to make you, they just don't understand how to move. But with, with Patrick, I've been using him as my, I guess, assistant for so many years now and, even prior to going, starting botany, you know, almost 12 months ago, I used to teach at Parramatta and Artaman and so forth. Um, but when I used to go out to Parramatta, I would call, I'd call, you know, nephew and say, hey, I've got classes on, do you mind coming out and assisting with me? Because I'm so comfortable with him and he has such a good understanding of how I move and what I do that I just, I, you know, I know when he's there, everything is, is you know, so smooth. And... He really understands my game. Like when I finish what I'm doing of a night, he always takes that 
bit of time to come over and say, hey, so listen, that was great tonight. I really enjoyed that. But he's also quite open to say, listen, you know when you were showing, you know, ABC, do you know or what do you feel about putting D with B? Is that something that you'd consider? So I like his honesty. Yeah. Uh, I like his interest in wanting to learn and wanting to grow. Um, but, yeah, look, in the last sort of, you know, as I mentioned, possibly eight years that I've known Patrick, it's been amazing. Um, you know, he helps assist and, you know, occasionally run some classes out here at Gracie Botany. Um, and I'm really looking forward to working with this guy in the foreseeable future. I've got a, I've got a, you know, a bit of a plan for this kid. Um, right now, I'm wanting him focusing on what he does best, and he's he's a competitor. Uh, he trains hard, so I don't want to take that away from him. But yeah, mate, this guy's going to be around a long time. Yeah, yeah. And you know, last night during you, you made the very valid point that last night during um, our white belt class, we're doing escapes at the moment. That. Um, he's very clever at it because he's always got that additional sort of um, uh, contact point with with people when he's sort of uh, rolling with them, and you, that was a, I thought that was really interesting. You know, the, the 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 bottom leg is always has always got that contact point as you're swinging around from side control, and I thought that, that was you know really interesting. And you, you're constantly pointing it out. This is a smart guy. Look at him. He's already got in deep in my collar. Look at this guy. Uh, you know. Yes. Yeah. It's good for you guys to see that, and, and I know that we are discussing the fundamental program here. Um, but one thing with with nephew, when I am demonstrating with him, uh, he has a lot of you know things that he's been doing for so long. So when I'm asking him, you know, to like say for example, working on side control top at the moment, um, you know, I'm I'm a big believer in side control top being the most dominant position for the person on top and the most difficult position for the person on bottom. My argument with side control top as opposed to mount is that you have the hips available in mount to disrupt any sort of attack or anything like that. Whereas with side control top, um, you know, you're laying across the person's body, you've got your chest pinned to their chest, you're controlling their head. Uh, even if they do engage their hips, um, it's not as uh, responsive as if, you, if you're mounting someone, you can actually elevate that person and force them to put their hands on the mat. But with Patrick, in these demonstrations, um, you know, I, I'm trying to demonstrate under a, you know, a situation where the person in that fundamental program, you know, they don't understand, you know, how the frames work and so forth. But it's interesting because each time that uh, Patrick's laying on his back inside control, feet on the mat, and I do go to enter and say to the guys, okay, guys, look, we're going to work on side control escapes. Um, you know, we're using frames, frames being our hands. Yeah. It's quite interesting. As I go to lay on lay on nephew, instead of him allowing me to lay on him, he automatically puts one hand under my neck and the other hand slides, you know, in between my ribs and my 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 thigh, and he marks my hip. And I have to always readjust him. Now he's not doing that to be difficult. It's a habit for him, and I do instead of sort of, you know, awkwardly trying to move him, I actually pointed out to my students. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a great thing for them to, to understand. So I'll actually turn him facing them and say, guys, look, although I'm not showing you this, pay attention to what he does. And he's not trying to make this awkward for me, but this is natural for him and this is where I'm wanting you guys to be. So it is quite interesting how he does that. Yeah. Uh, it's not intentional. Yeah. It's just, it's habit, you know, it's habit. And... You know, just getting back to that side control mount situation, I mean, even for, you know, uh, side control top, uh, you know, the person on bottom must use frames, which means their arms, you know, with the mounted position, you know, the arms, when you're being mounted, they aren't, you know, that involved in play unless the person's cross-collaring and then, you know, obviously you're controlling the wrist and the elbow and you're bridging and rolling out, but... Um, so yeah, we're just looking at you know some side control escapes, and it's just interesting to watch nephew's reaction. We're very, very, uh, very, very engaged in what he does. Uh, you know, I'm so glad that you do point it out to the class because I, I go, you know, to every one of these classes that I'm available for, and you know, to see that to for you to point out that muscle memory, it gives me mm. like a goal, and so mm. you know, one one day maybe I as a higher belt than what I am now, which is white, is. Uh, maybe I, I will have that muscle memory where as soon as I turn in, my lower leg is already in contact with, the, with you know, your waist, you know. Yeah. Uh, avoiding. I, it, it's inevitable, you know. Yeah. I mean, look, you just, it's, 
you're on the journey, you're there and, you know, your commitment's fantastic. And, and you know, these things, it's like, you know, it, you've heard it before, Benny, you know, jiu-jitsu is not a sprint, it's a marathon. Right. Uh, this is why I'm so, so invested in this foundation class is because I was talking to you guys last night about John Denneher. Yeah. And I was watching something on him recently where he was saying that, um, you know, because of so much demand with, you know, the guys around him, you know, Gordon Ryan, Nicky Ryan, you know, all this, you know, all the Craig Jones, the original crew, but there was so much demand for this high level content, which he, you know, you, I don't know if you watched any of his stuff, but I mean, this man's an absolute genius. Um, so he was saying, you know, putting all that stuff out has been brilliant. He's saying, you know, if there is anything I could do different, and it was really interesting to me to hear him say this, and he said, I have no regrets. Let me, you know, make that clear. But I would have loved to have delivered all the fundamental stuff first because, you know, I can't stress how important it is that you guys or, you know, anyone learning jiu-jitsu understands those, you know, ABC, basic, you know, positions, side control, mount, back control, you know, half guard, half guard top, half guard bottom, you know, just, you know, your basic sweeps, your basic chokes, your basic seatbelts. And, you know, that's where you build a really strong foundation. And it's an interesting because, you know, some of those belts that come into that uh, white belt program, and you know as well as I do, Penny, they're not allowed, but I've worked out something to get them in there. So they say, can we come in? And I say, look, we're doing some really basic stuff here. And they're saying, we're sitting and watching. This is incredible. We want to learn some of this. So the way we've worked it is I've thought, okay, you know, this is I've got to do something here to make sure that these guys can get in the class, but I can also utilize them. So I bring those high-level belts into the class under the under the, the, the condition that they are walking around and helping the white belts as well. So it's working well for everybody. And, you know, yeah, you just, you can never get enough fundamentals. You really can't. It's actually amazing the passion that people have for fundamentals. I was talking mm. to Maka last week, who's just not, he's, he's more or less a recent blue belt. He, you know, he got a, a little, a few months ago now. He actually yeah. came up and goes, I miss this man. And we were, Clinton and I, we were waving, come on onto the mat. And he, he was, he came out onto the mat with us and he said, you know, this, I love this stuff. You know, this, mm, this, this mm. is the stuff I want to keep on doing. The passion that the, the, the guys have for doing this inside of Gracie Botney is intense. And I, I love it. It makes me think that I'm doing, you know, I, I love it too already. But the fact that all the other older belts are still coming in, it's so beautiful. Mm. It, it makes me think that I'm part of something special. <laughs> you it are, really mate. You are. It's, yeah. yeah, I guess it, it just emphasizes the importance of fundamentals. And, you know, you do see these guys, as mentioned, you know, in the higher belts, and they are still coming back for this class because uh, it's interesting. Again, when I was at headquarters, you know, I'd have some of the, you know, whether it be, you know, blue, when you were up to black belts, and they'd say, hey, Sab, look, I've got, a, I've got an injury. Mate, I'm, I'm trying to come back a little bit slower. Would you mind if I jump down in your fundamental class for, you know, just for a week or so? And I'd say, mate, look. You know, at the moment we're working close guard sweeps to mount and then, you know, some type of submission attempt or maybe, a, you know, a, a escape from bottom, you know, getting out of mount. And they're like, yeah, it's okay, man. I just want to, you know, dip my toes in the water. There was never, ever a time where at the end of the class these guys would come up to me um, and just say, hey, man, that was one of the most informative classes I've ever done. And I'd just say, mate, we're just doing a close guard sweep to mount and some type of escape. And I, I can almost say nearly 100% of those people would say, you know what, I, I just completely forgot that. You know, I know what you're showing and I've done it before, but, you know, the details that are getting delivered and talking about weight and angles and, mate, it just blew me away. And I'd just be so honoured to hear these guys saying this. Um, and that's the thing. It doesn't matter what level belt you are, you, like you, you – Fundamentals are just a central part of your jiu-jitsu from day one to the, you know, the fifth and sixth degree black belt. You know, you can never, ever get enough. I completely agree. So let's move off of this for a little bit. And I want yep. to take you way, way back to when you were right belt. How many years ago was that? Uh, okay. So I was uh, originally started in 2002. Uh, late 2002, I, myself and um, Owen were discussing this when Owen came in for the podcast. Yeah. Um, so I was a white belt around 2002, leading into 2003. Do you, do you remember the day you first put on the gi? You first wrapped around the white belt? Did yeah, you, yeah. Could you do it properly? I, I sure do. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I, I, re I remember I, um, 
you know, a couple of the guys were already training up there. We we were at North Maruba Surf Club, and yeah. you know, it was a lot of the local guys, a lot of the Maruba, the Bra Boys, you know. And there's this like people, oh, the Bra Boys down there, you know. So, but I, I'd grown up there, so I knew, I knew all the guys, so I was quite comfortable in there, and actually a really good group of people, you know, always welcoming. And but uh, I remember those guys have been training a little bit longer. Uh, as I'd mentioned in previous podcasts, I was doing some boxing and I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll go down and give it a crack. And I did. But uh, I could never do my belt, right? So I didn't know how to tie my belt. But uh, I never wanted to ask. So I used to – and back then, like, it wasn't as um, – like now, you know, you'll hear me. Okay, guys, you know, fix up your jackets, tie up your belts. You'll see if someone starts to go into their next wrestle without their belt on. Like, I'll stop them man, please put your belt on, you know, get yourself tidy, you know, let's, you know, it's, it's very, very, not that it wasn't important then, but there wasn't as, as such a strong emphasis on it. So I got away with not putting my belt on a lot. Yep. You know, and, and then, you know, maybe Bruno would say, Sav, put your belt. And I just, you know, I kind of <laughs> tie it best I could. But I don't know what it was, but I was always, you know, I, I, I don't know, it was pride or I just didn't want to say to people, I don't know how to tie my belt, you know, so. It's. It's one of those things. I I, I sort of I, I've been taught many many times in the last nine months mm. by many different people, many different ways. And um, usually, if I'm if I if I'm in there and I'm you know my mind's just complete mash, Chrissy will come and help me. I know that I've got yeah. Chrissy's got my back on that one. But um, yeah. so when you started, what yeah. what's like from your white belt period? What's that memory that you look back on with fondness? What's that memory you look back and go, God, that was a good time. You know what, just the whole, look, I do have a very particular moment which is sits really strongly with me and I'll get to it, but just, um, you know what, just sort of stepping into something completely different and when I say completely different, I was boxing so I was, you know, training with my hands and, and to go from, I mean, you've got to remember the UFC, um, you know, with Hoist Gracie, I mean, you know, this is all just, and, you know, jiu-jitsu was so new, there was, it was just like today, it's so big. So actually going from standing and boxing and hitting, you know, an object that was still to looking at these guys on the ground and grappling and, and you know, I was just really taken back by how effective it all was. But I, I didn't really want to accept it. Like I, I kind of didn't look at it as something that men would do. It's it just I had a really mixed opinion on it. But one thing that I did, you know, start to think as I went on, I was very proud of myself for trying something different that uh, it was challenging. And I was, you know, I had those moments, which I don't speak about a lot, but I had those moments in my white belt where I thought, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just getting tapped out every class. I'm not actually, you know, progressing or I'm, you know, I did have these, I didn't want to quit. I never had that in my head, but I just thought, I wonder if I'll ever get better. You know, I wonder if... Um, you know, where does this turn around? Like, because these guys are on top of me and look, I'm just defending and I'm not I'm not sure what to do. And, you know, and then, you know, you get your first, I guess, you know, you might be trying to pass guard and then you actually get, you kind of half pass and you end up in someone's half guard. And although it doesn't sound like a lot, a lot I used to live North River right on the hill. I could actually look down at the surf club. And if I'd get something small like that, I'd actually walk out the front of the surf club with my chest pounded out and I'd walk back up home thinking, mate, you know, how good was that class? And, and that's the beauty of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You don't necessarily need to have these massive moments or, you know, choke 10 guys unconscious. It's like it's about progressing. It's about learning. And, you know, the little things, you know, ultimately build to the big picture to where I am now, you know, a black belt running my own school, you know, competing all around the world and, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just crazy how it all happens. I mean, because, you know, there's a thing. We've both been in the cooking world. And yes. you, you've been in um, jiu-jitsu world and now I've just started in it. There's a thing mm. in cook kitchens. I don't know if they spoke about it with you, but they, I, it certainly got drummed into my head through my apprenticeship that mm. the economy of movement. Mm. And if you bent down into the oven to get something, you made sure you put something in as you were getting something out to make sure you didn't have to do a double yeah. trip. Right, yeah, and yeah. that's when I watch you um, demonstrate to us with Pat. You've got economy. You've got an economy of movement that I certainly don't have, and may not have, uh, mm. may, may not ever have. When did that start to come? Ah, uh, good question. Um, 
Look, moving back to when I was going through my belts, you know, like as I mentioned, jiu-jitsu was, you know, pretty new. Um, so when did things start to come together? We weren't taught like you guys are taught today. Like, yeah. you know, like last night we're doing side control bottom escapes, but we also look at, you know, my big thing with you guys is, you know, you look, we, we, we looked at the, the concepts and the details of escaping. And, you know, we looked at different frame types and entering the top leg as opposed to the bottom leg. And if you enter the bottom leg, they can torriander you out or knee cut through. If you enter the top leg, you've got to have wrist control. And then, you know, you're pulling the person into guard or straight into triangles or on platters. So, you know, the way we were taught, Benny, was not like that. We were a little bit more taught positions. Yeah. You guys are taught concepts and, and you know, lots of different movements. But so for me... Uh, I see you guys today as white belts doing things that I just couldn't dream of when when I was training. Like it wasn't it was didn't even happen. Um, so for me, when things started to come together was uh, I guess you know when you compete. I was competing a lot. I was probably you know the strongest um, competitor in the school, meaning the more consistent. Yeah. Like I just fought in absolutely everything that was in front of me. You know, if I couldn't get anything in Australia, I'd look overseas, I'd find something in Brazil and off on the plane I went, you know. So, but I think through competition, I started to want to put movement together. And, you know, that's kind of where it started. And, uh, you know, you see my teaching style with you guys, it's never one position. I'm always showing you once that person escapes, we look at what you can do on top, what the person on bottom can do. You know, that element of surprise, you know, you've just escaped side control bottom. You know, we don't need to close. I mean, you know, obviously close our guard, but, you know, the person on top's kind of adjusting to that. I like you guys to capitalize on it. Yeah. You know, you've now escaped. The person on top's trying to, you know, just sort of work out what's going on. While that's happening, I want you guys going crunch. You know, we've got to keep moving. And that's what you guys are so good at doing is combination of movements. But for me, I guess through competition, I started to chain things together and, you know, that's pretty much how it started. So, Sav, at what point did the information start to get thicker for white belts? You know, when you were first doing it down at Maroubra Beach, you know, you were only doing one position at a time. Now, we're looking at positions, escapes, and then we were very lucky with you that we get to ask you, well, if this happens once we've escaped, what do you do then? Or what are, what, what, what are they likely going to be able to do? And you sort of take it on from there for us, and we sort of learn a whole chain of techniques. When did that change? Uh, look, I think, obviously, the growth in jiu has been enormous in the yeah. last 20-odd years. Like, it's, it's, it's astronomically huge. And, yeah. like, when we started the... Um, you know, the, look, jiu-jitsu was young. And, I mean, we had our professor who was a, a black belt, you know, straight from Rio under Hoyle Gracie. So, I mean, we had a very educated teacher. Uh, but we were young. We were new. Yeah. And, you know, the, he's trying to teach us, you know, fundamentals and, and basics. And, you know, of course, we did some amazing stuff. But today, there's so many practitioners Right. There's there's so many more people doing jujitsu, you know the, the the information like you know like the the platforms where you can look at different things like, and because we have this big big area of information and platforms and YouTubes and these online schools and you know everybody's growing, everybody's yeah. learning, and I think now for you guys as the white belts, it's really important that. You know, you don't just understand the movement, but how the movement works. What can happen if this happens? Um, you know, I just feel like I want to try and share with you the things I felt like, you know, n- not that I missed because I was trained really well, but I just, you know, it's just everything's developed. It's, you know, that that's pretty much it. And the information has grown with that. Is it a good development in your opinion? Absolutely fantastic. I mean, look, you, you know, last night, um, look, I'm really, you know, really working hard on keeping my game modernized. You know, I'm classically trained, but, you know, we work a lot on the new guard types. We work on all the different new systems. And it's just interesting getting back to something you said earlier in the conversation about the fundamental program, because, you know, when we are delivering, you know, these new guards and, you know, 
Cayenne Tarantula and X, single X, you know, you know, Delaheva's off balancing, you know, back entries, you know. Look, the, the students really, really enjoy this. Um, and some of them do the exceptionally well. Yeah. You know, this, a lot of it depends on, you know, flexibility, how you're moving someone, you know, are you able to invert properly? There's a lot of things that need to make this wheel turn. But, you know, now we're moving into the competition coming up on Sunday. Um, and we have really gone into, okay, let's sort of, you, you can't mimic what's going to happen. If, you know, if a Catalevi student, look, this is going to happen, do this, you know, it's um, bullshit. You know, you don't know what's going to happen in the fight. But what we are doing is we're looking at how to get the fight started. Yep. You, know, you know, if groups are established, let's go sit straight into seated guard pool, try and get this person into the closed guard. If they resist and step forward and, you know, make sure they've got a good base, you know, let's just ankle sweep and try and get up on top. Now, we're looking at very simple situations, what seems like simple situations, but they're quite realistic. If someone shoots on you, we're looking at how to sprawl. You know, we're looking at how to, you know, spin to the back. Uh, if they grab a single leg, we're looking at the different options to, you know, maybe roll through. And anyway, we're doing a whole bunch of different stuff. But one thing that really blows me away is every time we do these type of classes, you know, this kind of ABC stuff, they absolutely thrive on it, right. you know, because, and, and like I said to the students last night, like all of this stuff we do in all these different guard types are amazing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, when you are in there under pressure and someone's trying to, you know, pass your guard or you're trying to pass a guard you're trying to do the basic things well yeah um you know and you, you you're trying to not give too much opportunity to your partner like if you you know you're setting up a Della heavy you know you really need to be strong in that area you know like you've got to really be confident in what you're doing um uh, but you'll find most people like m my son Krinoa, he's he's absolute fantastic at this inversion stuff and all these guards and you know, I asked him last night in, the, in front of all the class, I, I said, you know, yeah, because you see him training and he's just yeah. inverting and he's, you know, going to people's backs and it's crazy. And I said, Kano, what do you normally do in your tournaments? You know, I didn't, this isn't something I planned with him. And I, yeah. he said, you know, what do you mean? I said, how do you normally finish? What's what you go to? And he said, triangles and armbars. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, isn't it? And he was very matter of fact about, I, I actually thought that that was a really great question for the white belts, myself included, to hear. Because, mm. you know, we, he actually said that all of this stuff that he's training with his coach and mm. it's all this really intense, high-level stuff. And in, mm. in the end, you said to him, and Kainoa, what do you think is going to help you out on Sunday? And he, and he said, you know, guard pulled to triangle. And yeah. he didn't think about it. There was no thought. He, he, it wasn't like he was saying, um, no, no, no. It was, mm. it was he, he answered, his answer was coming out as you finished your question. So, yeah, and I mean that's it's quite it's quite obvious. And I mean, look, the stuff that he does do, it's really beneficial for him. Like he knows that, and you see him at the academy. He uses all this these different guard types all night, um, and it's not that he doesn't believe in them in tournament. He just he, like I, you know I said to him when we were in Melbourne, you know, when are you going to start hitting this? You know these these Delahiva entries and off balancing. You're so good at it. And he said, look, I you know if I feel like things are you know set up for that, I'll go for it said but i just don't want to give any space i don't want to make mistakes and this is how important fundamentals are and you know i i teach so much different stuff but i can't stress enough how important the fundamentals are and while we're talking about kainoa i also have to say that one of the other great things about our white belt foundation class is is that it's such a great opportunity for somebody like me i'm 45 i'm a white belt to actually be able to say to kainoa how to, not only how can we do this but actually, can you show me how to do it so that I can feel what it's like when somebody who is young, athletic, excellent at this, how he does it. And mm. I was tr training with Joey last night and we called Kainoa over to show us how to do, it, to do this escape, this framed escape. And the first thing that we both noticed, and this is something I got a little bit of, and I'd like to thank Nick for calling me soft on Instagram the other day while I've got the opportunity. Um, but... Um, <laughs> Thank you, Nick. But uh, as soon as uh, Kainoa framed us, the one thing I noticed was he was crushing my Adam, Adam's apple straight away. <laughs> and then and then I said to Joey, you can't miss this, Joey. This is a real experience. He goes, what do you do? And I said, oh, no, no, I don't want to ruin the surprise. That's nice of you to he, share it with your mate. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And I, I got... Um, and Kainoa did it to him. He's like, oh, that really hurt my... Oh, that was really... you know. And Kainoa's yeah. like, just crush it, crush it. <clears throat> 
And yeah, yeah. that's something that, you know, like that, that's a, that's a, it's a very confronting, but interesting thing to hear for a 45 year old. Who's not really out to crush people's Adam's apples to be entirely <laughs> honest with you, but yeah. I, I loved it. It's, it's a lesson and it's a lesson that I'm probably, I, I took away with me. So, Sav, one last question about this whole white belt thing before we start to move on to the sway man. Yes. You said yesterday, last night at the white belts, you had this really great story about when you were first asked to take the foundation class at um, Gracie HQ. Tell, tell the listeners th- that this whole story because I found it absolutely fascinating and I think that it's just something that's so worthwhile being to, for people to listen to. Yeah, so as I was mentioning to you guys last night, um, you know, I mean, you see the fundamental fun, fundamental program at Gracie Botany is massive. Right. Like we can't get enough in there and, you know. Well, the they don't feel along the back wall, right? They, no. They, they, I, mean, they... <laughs> I mean, we can have over, you know, 50, 50 odd in there. Yeah. And, you know, there's a reason for it. But the, the, the thing that I brought up with you guys last night is when I was at headquarters, you know, I was teaching the classes there and, you know, working with Owen at Underdog and, you know, over at um, Parramatta and Artam and I was, all, you know, I'm always running the, the advanced classes. So when I was approached to do the fundamentals, I actually dug my feet in and said, no, you know, it's not for me. You know, I am doing <laughs> do advanced classes, you know, rah, rah. Um, and then, you know, I was told how wonderful it would be for me and I just you know I wasn't I wasn't wearing it you know I just thought no I've done fundamentals I'm not going to get involved in this um and it's not that I didn't want to help those people I just I felt like through my progression and through my time I felt like I'd been there and done that and I was more interested in advancing you know my side of jiu-jitsu and advancing my game with you know new things but anyway so look moving forward I um I thought, you know, and then I was asked again and again, I thought, look, I'll go down and do this just for a little while. And I remember going into the class and teaching something really simple, like, you know, the bridge and roll and, you know, how to off-balance someone. But I, I can remember actually, you know, setting my grips up and thinking, hmm, you know, is this correct? And it really put me back, you know, into where I thought, oh, wow, you know, I'm really having to think about this, you know, take me upstairs and put me into some, you know, you know, inverted sweep where I'm coming on top and then, you know, backstepping out and, you know, cutting angles, no worries, but put me on uh, the top and how to enter into a cross collar or, you know, bridging and rolling. Look, I know what to do. Don't get me wrong. I know exactly what to do, but I started thinking a lot about how to do it because I knew how to do it. But delivering it to people, and particularly those people who have just walked in the door, you can't afford to teach them the wrong thing. Right. Because that habit, that routine becomes a habit, and then the habit, you know, obviously can be broken, but, you know, you don't want to create that straight away. So it was just incredible. I, 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 like, I literally fell in love with it. Teaching fundamentals, was I was learning more than I'd been learning in years. Yeah. And... It's just such an important part of everybody's journey, and this is why, you know, I, I love it so much. And it was probably one of the best things I ever did was go back and run the fundamental program, and um, we built that program from, you know, you know, a nice number up to fifty, sixty a class. It was crazy. So, yeah, and I'm just, I'm such a big fan of this fundamental, you know, program. Yeah, it's awesome. One question while I've while I've got you on this: What habit did you need breaking back in the day? Oh, oh, what habit. <laughs> there, was a lot, there was lots of them, mate. There was lots of them. Um, I guess one of my, um, it was kind of beneficial to me and it was also detrimental to me. I'm quite um, aggressive in my training style. When I say aggressive, I'm, I'm a small guy. Yep. You know, when I was competing, I was at 67 kilos, 60, 65 to 67 kilos. Um, so I'm very fast. I've always been really fast, really aggressive. You know, I like the element of surprise um, throughout the blue and I guess, you know, sort of into the purple belt. This was working tremendously for me because my scrambles were so quick. Yeah. Uh, as I started getting at the end of my purple belt and in towards brown, I was finding that 
Um, and you know, I'm really humble when I say this. Like, I was finding I was putting myself in more trouble than, you know, by moving so quick. People were getting more educated and they were capitalizing on the space I was creating through my fast moving. And I was putting myself in more trouble than it was worth. Um, so one of my habits was, you know, like I said, it's a good thing and a bad thing, but just, you know, trying to get out of that, you know, that really fast, intense game. And now I have slowed down a lot. And I mean, look, I'm, you know, obviously a lot older now running the academy and some of the young guys who got there, even in the white belts, like, you know, these guys are, these guys are very, very educated guys. And if you want to start moving around like that and trying to attack them, yeah, you might get three out of five, but the other two, they'll end up putting you back in a position where you're actually working so hard to get out of it again. So yeah, I try and play a little, a little bit more slow and methodical these days. <laughs> keep the pressure on and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I think one of the one of the bad one of the habits I had was, and the hard thing for me, sorry mate, just like because it was working, it was working so well for me. This really yeah. quick, you know, like the the element of surprise. You know, when I teach you guys, I'm all about, you know, you want the neck, attack the arm. You know, when they defend the arm, you go to the neck. They they start defending the neck, we go back to the arm. You know. You want to attack the feet, start, you know, working on something else. Like, I, I really like that game, but uh, it was really hard for me to switch from going so quick, you know, trying to teach myself, okay, you've got to slow down here because what used to work for you is now giving your opponents an opportunity to capitalize on your space and stuff like that. So it was, it was, one, of the, it, it was um, one of those situations where I had to adjust. Awesome. Coming on from this, we have the Sway Man joining us right now. Look at this guy. <laughs> is, is that Sway Man or is that Gordon Ryan? <laughs> I don't have any bleach to bleach the beard, so definitely not Gordon Ryan. <laughs> That's the real deal. Look at this guy. So, Sav, just leaning into this, one of the things that we were talking about earlier was that this um experience of doing this podcast was so unexpected and you know you couldn't plot it and one of the things that we can't plot is actually having the sway man come on yes, again thank fantastic. you nico welcome and do a review <laughs> now listen before the sway man gets started um let me tell you guys this guy looks dead set like gordon ryan so I want to start sway man. i wish let, i had let, the let body me, well let, mate, let me clear the air let me clear the air because uh, I was set up by Nick to come at you about the geese. So now I've seen you, mate. I'm apologising. <laughs> yeah, he, he set me up too. It's actually funny. I do have a future kimonos um, rash guard, the black one that I've seen Gordon Ryan wear, and I was going to send it back because I don't look anything like him when I wear it. So disappointing. Uh, I, I beg to differ, mate. I beg yeah. to differ. We, well, mate, Benny. I want I want you to put a get a screenshot of Swayman up, and I want a poll on. Made this guy looking like Gordon oh, Ryan. Consider me. it done. Consider it done. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm good for that one, I can tell you. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, we have got the Sway Man on in his first of what I hope is many rev yes. D-Review segments in the in coming up into the future. But today, Sway, what do we agree to talk about? Um, so, I'm probably not super qualified to really be talking over Sav on this one, but um, geek care tips. I can't wait. This, this one's mate, gonna be help me, mate, please. I'm um, I, I'm just as just confused with the new white belt, mate. So go, go ahead. I got well, something here. I, I suppose, like, let's start first of all with the elephant in the room: not washing belts. Oh, yeah. this, this this is. So let me just start by saying that this lit up Instagram. Yeah. I had you know, Wendy and and um, Chris demanding names of the people who said no so they could beat them up and footlock them, right? And then I had another lady from Great uh, Brother Ataman say, I want a list of the people who washed them because I just don't believe it. We, there, there is apparently a sign at Gracie Ataman, uh, Brother Ataman that says, if you, you should never, ever wash your belt. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, can I can I just make, sorry, Sway, but um, like I, I, like when I started Jiu-Jitsu, I would wash my belt, you know. You wash your belt, you sweat in it, you, you know, it needs to be washed. But I got told, I got told, I just somehow in conversation, I just, you know, said, oh, my gear's in the wash, and someone said, where's your belt? And I said, well, it's with the gear. 
And like they frowned on me. They said, mate, you never, ever wash your belt. And I said, why? I said, it's filthy. And they yeah. said, you're washing the way you journey. Yeah. You know, and like, look, do I, I've had my black belt now for, for although I have changed a few black belts, like in, in regards to stock Angies and so forth. But look, I'm probably going to upset quite a few people here. And, you know, I, I might get some hate mail and stuff, but I do not wash my belt. I do not wash it. So you know, that's, and that's what was ingrained in me as a, as a look, I, 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 <laughs> I agree that I feel like it should be washed, but I just, yeah, I, I haven't washed them, you know. So, Sway, where did we end up on this? Tell us, what, what did your research discover? Uh, well, it's 50-50 pretty much. But what I was going to say, so what you can do if, if people insist on not washing belts, you can actually use, I've got, so I'm an avid home brewer, and yep. I've got like an ethanol spray. Oh, yeah. So what you can do, if you want to kill bacteria on your belt, just give it like a spray of like an ethanol spray. Um, and any bacteria is gonna is gonna kill it. But I, I wash mine, but that might explain why I continue to suck so badly at jujitsu. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you heard it here first. We are we will be selling on our Instagram account Sway's home brewed ethanol belt cleaner. That's coming very, very soon. Watch out for it. We will be selling the Sway Man's belt cleaner. Yes, so we're gonna we're gonna have some of that to, to sell to the punters, Benny. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, correct, correct. It's gonna be on our Insta. We're, I think we've got a few mugs coming, but now we've just right this second, as a matter of fact, created a new product. Sway's alcoholic non wash non wash belt cleaner. It's like that shampoo where you don't need water. So, <laughs> no, no better place to, to you know send it live, mate. Here we go. Yeah, I awesome. love it. They think this is just a podcast. Like, look at this breaking, breaking stuff we're coming out with. <laughs> so, awesome. where are we at with the actual gi washing? So, um, I, I suppose one of the biggest things was like um, when you wash your gi, you should actually turn it. And this is with any clothes, you should turn it inside out. Yeah, and my I, wife I does always, this. Yeah. yeah, and I always thought to myself, well, why is that? Like, why would that make a difference? Well, why it makes a difference is when it's in the washing machine it's constantly friction against the barrel of the washing machine. So if that's rubbing up against your, your logo or, you know, you've got something on the gi, it's going to rub the outside of the gi. You don't want that. You want it to rub the inside where it's not visible. Um, but, yeah, I had no idea why people said turn things out inside out. That just sounded like hocus pocus to me, but apparently it's a legit thing. So mm. Because this is not something that people tell you when you first start, you know, how, how to wash your gi, what you should wash your gi with. Mm. So how do you wash your gi? Like, do you, do you use one product? Do you put it on delicate cycle? Do you, you know, oh, I just a do a wash? I just do a you normal do wash. Um, and, like, the, the biggest thing I think is as soon as you're home from training, like straight in the washing machine, you shouldn't let it mm. sit in a bag overnight, that bacteria that's on your gi is going to mm. propagate. And by the yeah. time you're you're washing it in the morning or two, three days later or something, it's not, you know, a couple of million cells, it's billions. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I, can, um, I can remember back in the day down in River Beach, we were just discussing, Benny, but a couple of the boys down there, you know, they, they're, they're obviously, you know, the surfers, professional surfers, big wave surfers, whatever. These guys are pretty used to taking off the wetsuit and just chucking it in the boot. And this, you know, <laughs> I mean, look, they jump back in the salt water, whatever, but they got into this habit of chucking their geese in the boot. I mean, we're talking about summer. <laughs> and some of these guys, like, it's not accepted, it wouldn't happen these days, but some of these guys used to walk into training. I mean, you could smell these guys coming up the stairs. Mm. I don't know if you've ever smelt what a, a wet towel smells like. We'll amplify that with the thickness of a ghee. And I mean, mate, it was it was unbearable. You know, it's frowned upon to these days, mate. It really is. But, geez, I tell you what, the, the smell from, you know, just putting it in the boot for one night as opposed to wearing it the next day, like, it's literally unbearable. It's rancid. It's, it's actually funny because when I first started at um, Gracie Botany, um, mm. I don't know, you probably don't remember this, Sav, you came up to me, I was sitting next to uh, Gabriella and somebody else, and you said, who wants to roll with me? Who wants to roll with me? It was like my second session. And I, and, um, I said, I will. I jumped ahead and went, I will. And you said, okay, come on, I'm going to show you something. And you showed me something. And in, the, in that moment, 
I smelt your ghee and it was the best smelling ghee out of anything I'd smelt from the rolls I'd had. So at the end of that session, I went up to Anna and I said, hey, Anna, what are you using on Sav's geese? Hang on, hang on a minute, mate. Wait, like, why are you not asking me? Are you, are you saying I don't wash? Uh, well, 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 uh, well. I don't even know how to turn the machine on. I'll be straight up. <laughs> I was about to say, I didn't think you knew. So I, 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 the, the real answer was I was walking out the door, you were doing the next class, but I was going to, you know, and Anna actually sent me a picture of three different things that she uses. She uses like mm. Omo and some sort of softener. And then on top of that, she uses um, some sort of uh, bacterial oh, thing. She, um, she, she, she doesn't muck around, mate. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it, it does smell nice and fresh, but she, um, let me tell you, there's a lot of work goes into that. I have used that recipe ever since. And yeah. we, we might actually put it up on the Instagram because it is the, I love the smell of my geese. Now, in fact, I use it for all my clothing now, but it, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's such a important thing, this ghee hygiene, and I thought it was so important for Sway to come on today. Now, Sway, tell us, in, in the very first episode, after the very first episode we were talking about stuff, Nico came out straight away and said, you've got to talk to Sway, he's so into geese, I can't even, even tell you. Where did that start? Um, so, I mean, I started training about five years ago, and um, I'm just that sort of type of personality that like when I really get involved in something, like I just get addicted to it. Um, like I used to sell like, you know, shoes like Nikes and stuff. And I was so addicted to them. At one point I had like 80 or 100 pairs or something. <laughs> like that's just the type of personality I am. So yeah, I just, I just love, love geese. And I started, you know, I remember when I first started having one gee and it was such a pain in the butt to, to mm. try and keep it like clean all the time. So I was like, okay, one turned into two and then... Um, at the time I was sort of training in a place that, you know, it was very much, oh, this is the new gi we've just dropped. You should buy this gi because you're supporting your club type of thing, which was fine. And I bought all of the gis. Um, so, you know, next minute I've got a stack of gis. I must say though, like some people that on Instagram have shown much bigger collections <laughs> than I have. Hey, what about some of those girls, Sway? Like Ooh, I'm, yeah. um... I'm, you know, I, I know these girls have lots of geese, but some of those photos that came up, I nearly fell yep. over. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, awesome. So, Sway, in our next, in some of our upcoming episodes, you're actually going to go through some, um, and review some of the geese that are available out there. Is that right? Yeah. I can't. Yeah, so I've got a couple I can review for you. I've actually just recently um, invested, I call it an investment, in an Origin Rift gee. Do you know this? Um, do you know this brand, Sav? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. So it's like the most expensive gear I think you can probably buy. Mm. Um, what? but it's it's absolutely well worth it. So I I might do that one as the first one. Fair. But if there's any gear manufacturers out there that want to send an A two my way, <laughs> I will review it. Hang, hang on, there's no sponsorships here. Hang on, hang on. That's it. <laughs> you know, just throw one out my way too, guys. I'll, I want to sort of check it out, make sure that you know before I send it on to Sway for his. Um, yeah, so, you know, super important. You know, just pack up two of those, mate. One to be, one to sway. <laughs> How much are these, this, this yeah. expensive geese, way? Just to give us an idea. Well, um, I would never have bought one myself because I would have got in trouble. So it was actually a birthday, a birthday or Christmas present. Early Christmas. Oh, it was a, um, sorry, a wedding present. Um, it was $500. That's serious money. I would never normally <laughs> buy a gee that expensive. Um, but yeah, it was, a, sorry, a... a uh, anniversary present, a marriage anniversary present yeah. for my Congratulations. wife. Congratulations. So I... Nice. Thank you very much. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it is it is absolutely something else. It's, awesome. it's incredible. Mate, don't um, let that, do not let that lady go sway. you got, yeah. a, you got a woman <laughs> yeah. in mind. Yeah. Geez, mate, listen, up. hold on with both hands. <laughs> I will. <laughs> How many years is this anniversary, Sway? Uh, it was 10. It was the big 10. So ah, Congratulations. Nice. Was a special one. She got awesome. jewellery, I got a gate. So good swap. Congratulations. They're the same, they mean the same thing to both of you. That's it. <laughs> and so we'll see you next time, Sway. We're looking forward to it. Thank you again. Awesome. And no we'll see you soon. Thanks, Sway. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have see a good you, one. Sway. Bye. 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 So that's it. That was, how was that for a first? That was our first segment. That was our first actual proper kind of segment. What do you think, Dev? Yeah, yeah, fantastic. It's, um, <laughs> as mentioned at the start of the podcast, it's just been 
a whirlwind of people and, you know, different stories and it's just been incredible. So to, to you know, jump back in and, you know, just bounce through some conversations, you and I, it's been great. We've got a lot coming up. We've got some, you know, really, yeah. really exciting and interesting people coming on. We're doing everything from going down to meet the homeless where Ian Schaefer does street buffet to can't more high-level competitors. And it's, it's just, uh, yeah, it's absolutely incredible how this is going. I can't wait. Hundred me either, but coming up this weekend we've got big comp, and you and I are going to be there both mm. to support the Gracie Botany team, but also to do a couple of sav stories interviews of the fighters before and after they come off uh, off the mats. How many competitors is GB sending out there this weekend? Um, we've got over thirty, uh, possibly. You know, we'd have to see because once they finalise the brackets, unfortunately, some people have registered, but there's no one there for them. And they'll generally move that person either up to the next yep. division or, you know, maybe into the Masters or from Masters back to adult. But if there's no one around them, they can't do anything about it. So we're just waiting for that all to be finalised. But I would safely say 30. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, you know, I can't wait to go down and, you know... Um support our team but we are going to be going down there and doing some interviews and finding out exactly what you know happens on the mats and how they feel before and after the mats and hopefully too sav we've organized a um to talk to some of the officials because i'm as as a white belt i'm really curious to understand I'm, i roughly know what they do but i'd like to know more about what they do so hopefully we can find somebody to talk to about that too yeah, of course, absolutely. I know all those guys down there, so it won't be a problem to get them to give us some of their time and just sort of give us an insight on what goes on there and how it runs. And I guess any other questions that you need to uh, to ask, they'd be more than happy to answer. Great group of guys. Can't wait. I think that wraps up this episode. Do you want to wrap it up? Yeah, okay. Look, uh, I'm normally saying a big thank you to our guests, but uh, mate, look, thank you, Benny. I must uh, say this has been absolutely incredible and thank you so much for providing this platform. It's just It just gets stronger and stronger week to week, mate. And, um, it's fun. You know, I, I really, really do like you so much to the point where I'm not even going to tell everyone what you ate yesterday, you know. Thank so you I'm so just, much. I appreciate that. That's, that's going to say. It was an embarrassment. It was a bit embarrassing. But, so. <laughs> yeah, but uh, thanks, Benny. Um, again, mate, really, really appreciate the time and the energy gone into this, mate. You're an absolute workhorse, and this has just been incredible, and I can't wait to see what comes. So, uh, but for now, guys, one, two, three.